Hey, faithful listener, thanks for tuning in to the P40 Ministries daily podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping you grow spiritually so you can grow personally. Let's grow together by building a consistent Bible reading routine. This is Jen, your host, and today we will be discussing the book of Exodus. Hey there, faithful listeners. Happy Monday, and thank you so much for tuning in to the P40 Ministries podcast this morning. As always, this is your host, Jen, and today we are going to be discussing Genesis chapter... I'm sorry, we're not in Genesis anymore. (laughs) I am so used to saying Genesis that, uh, yeah, we're we're not in Genesis. We are in Exodus chapter 1, verses 15 through 22. So go ahead and grab your Bible and your cup of coffee, and let's go ahead and read this. As always, I will be reading out of the WEB version of the Bible this morning, but you can and should read out of whatever version you prefer. The king of Egypt spoke to the Hebrew midwives, of whom the name of one was Shipra, and the other Pua. And he said, When you perform the duty of a midwife to these Hebrew women, and see them on the birth stool, if it is a son, you shall kill him. But if it is a daughter, then she shall live. But the midwives feared God, and didn't do what the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the baby boys alive. The king of Egypt called for the midwives, and said to them, Why have you done this thing and saved those boys alive? The midwives said to Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women aren't like the Egyptian women, for they are vigorous and give birth before the midwives come to them. God dealt well with the midwives, and the people multiplied and grew very mighty. Because the midwives feared God, he gave them families. Pharaoh commanded all his people, saying, You shall cast every son who is born into the river, and every daughter you shall save alive. We left off on Friday talking about the first part of Exodus chapter 1 and how this evil king, who didn't know Joseph and the good things that the Hebrew man Joseph had done for the nation, he didn't know Joseph and he tortured and persecuted the Hebrew peoples that were living in Egypt. Now, this was probably many, many years after Joseph had died. Some people speculate 100, maybe even 200 years after Joseph had died before this king came into power and didn't know Joseph, didn't know those stories about how Joseph had saved all of Egypt and all of that stuff. So this king hated the the Jewish peoples. He absolutely despised them, and most of the Egyptians in Egypt probably despised them as well. The ancient Egyptians were notoriously racist, actually, and that, that's from history. They were very racist. They believed that they were um, above other races in, in the world because they believed that Pharaoh was actually the embodiment of, of well, not God, but of their God, who was Ra, and uh, this... Egyptian God was inside of Pharaoh. So they believed that, you know, because of that, I mean, there were so many reasons, but they had just a very skewed opinion of a lot of different things. So they didn't care for the Hebrew people that were basically uh, growing in numbers in Egypt. They didn't care for that. They didn't like that. They, they didn't want the Hebrew people to grow the way the Hebrews were growing. And so the Pharaoh that didn't know Joseph 
started to persecute the Hebrew people living in Egypt because this minority, the Hebrew people, was becoming the majority. They were no longer becoming the minority. It actually says in verse 14, um, no, I'm sorry, it says in verse 12, I'm sorry, that the more this Pharaoh and the Egyptians afflicted the Hebrews or persecuted the Hebrews, the more they multiplied and the more they spread out. And it says that the Egyptians actually started to dread the Hebrews, couldn't stand them, were dreading them. They were scared of them. They were scared that the Hebrews would rise up against the Egyptians and attack them. And one thing I mentioned once again on Friday was that the Egyptians were fearing people attacking them from the north. They were scared that that was going to happen. They were scared that the Hebrew people would pair with those people and basically bring down the entire Egyptian nation. So this pharaoh decides that he wants to take care of these Hebrews by putting them into forced labor. And now when that doesn't work, when they still continue to spread out even more and continue to multiply, he decides to try to get rid of them in a different way and not kill them all, mind you, but but basically just kill these babies. And it says he here in verse 15 that the pharaoh spoke to these hebrew midwives of whom the name of one was shipra and the other was pua so these two women were hebrew midwives and there's not a lot of context on these two women except for this short thing here so people don't really know if these two midwives were Hebrew or Egyptian, but most people assume because they had Hebrew names, they were in fact Hebrew women. So this Pharaoh brings in these two midwives and he's basically like, okay, when a woman, a Hebrew woman gives birth, if you see that this baby is a male, then you should kill it. But if you see the baby is a female, you can keep the females alive. Now, the reason I'm guessing Pharaoh wanted the baby boys gone is because men, typically, especially in ancient times, men were the ones who went to war. The, the Pharaoh wanted these Hebrew men gone, these ones that could go to war against them. He was fine with the women, the women growing up to be servants and slaves and whatever else. He was fine with that. But he didn't want these baby boys to grow up because the baby boys would become men and the men would potentially attack Egypt in the mind of this pharaoh, is what I'm guessing. So he didn't want these boys alive, and he commands these two midwives and puts them in such a terrible, terrible position. Now, some people speculate that these midwives were actually the the leaders of the midwives in this area or something like that. And, you know, there was more midwives, but these two midwives were different leaders of different midwives and would have to command their midwives to basically also kill these baby boys. And some people also guess that maybe these midwives were actually just midwives of Pharaoh's harem of Hebrew women, because that probably did happen. <laughs> I'm sure the Pharaoh did have a harem of Hebrew women. So some people just we're not sure who these two women were exactly, but we just know that they were midwives and probably leaders of midwives because there's no way there's only two midwives for an entire nation of Hebrews, basically. So after this, in verse 16, it says that, you know, Pharaoh gives this command. And then in verse 17, it says, these midwives feared God. So they knew that this was wrong. 
They knew that they shouldn't be killing women's babies. They knew that this was wrong, that these boys needed to live, that they were breathing human beings, that they were made in the image of God. They feared God. And so they didn't kill these newborn baby boys because they knew it was wrong. And so it says that they didn't do what the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the baby boys alive. So after this, the king is wondering what's happening because all of a sudden these women are still having baby boys. And he's like, what the heck? Why are baby boys being born still? And we don't know how long this took. It could have been several months. It probably was, honestly. It was probably several months of these midwives um, caring for these baby boys and making sure that the baby boys didn't die. And so it says that the king of Egypt then calls for these midwives again. And he's basically like, why did you do this? Why did you directly go against my command and save these baby boys? So these two women lie. They say to Pharaoh, they're like, well, you know, the Hebrew women, they aren't like the Egyptian women. You know, these these Hebrew women are different. This is why they're populating so much. They're very vigorous and they give birth so quickly. We can barely get there in time. We can't get there in time to actually, you know, ha- help these Hebrew women uh, have their babies and stuff. And so this is the lie that they give Pharaoh. And they were doing this to protect themselves, obviously. Because if they're just like, because Pharaoh, we didn't want to, or because that's wrong, they probably would have been killed right then and there. And so the the Pharaoh believes this story that Pua and Shipra actually give to him. He believes it because in his mind, it makes sense. He's probably thinking, well, no kidding. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because these Hebrew women are giving birth all the time and you know all these Hebrews are populating and spreading out and even when I'm forcing them into this terrible labor somehow they're still having babies and stuff like that which honestly really is interesting because um, one thing that is known to actually cause infertility is stress and I'm sure that these Hebrew people were so stressed because they had to get up every single morning and go into slave labor. They were micromanaged. They didn't have any free time possibly. They, they had to get up and become the property of another person. When people are stressed like that, a lot of times they don't have children. But God was blessing the Hebrew nation and allowing people to still have children. That was his plan for the Hebrew nation was to populate. And so these people, even though they were under so much stress, were still having children. So this Pharaoh, thinking probably about all of this, is probably like, huh, these Hebrews are different. They're different. And he believes this lie that the midwives give him because he kind of thinks that, you know, these Hebrews, even though I'm putting them into all this this slave labor, they're still having children and stuff like that. So maybe these midwives are telling the truth. So he believes the lie. And it says here that because the midwives feared God, that God dealt well with them. So God blessed these midwives for saving the babies and for not going against God's command. God's command from the very beginning, we've talked about this a lot throughout the podcast, was to have people produce more people. At the very beginning of time, he tells Adam and Eve, go and produce children. Then he tells Noah and Noah's family, go and produce children. And he, I can't remember who else he says it to, but there's several times in Genesis where God's primary goal 
at that time was for people to produce more people. So God does not change, right? So this rings true right here in Exodus 1. God's plan for the Hebrew nation was to go into Egypt and multiply. And once again, we've talked, I'm saying this a lot, though we've talked about these before, but we have. The other thing I mentioned several times was that the Egyptians would not want to intermarry with the Hebrews and probably vice versa at this point. I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure the slave labor is not making the Hebrews like the Egyptians anymore. And so um, so they're not intermarrying. They're marrying each other. And that was God's plan. God's plan was to have them become a nation. And Egypt was honestly the perfect place for that to happen. So these midwives feared God, knew God's plan for the Hebrews, knew that God wanted them to become a great nation, possibly if they were Hebrew themselves. They knew that the stories of God telling Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to produce children and that they would become a great nation. Maybe they knew all these stories. Maybe they just knew that killing human life was just wrong. And Pharaoh's decree to kill these little innocent baby boys was just absolutely incorrect. So after this, it says that because the midwives feared God, he actually gave them families. He blessed them and gave them their own children and their own husbands and everything like that. So God blessed them and took care of them. Isn't that interesting? You know, they went against the king, the king of the most powerful nation back then, the Egyptian nation. And they went directly against Pharaoh's direct orders for these midwives. And yet God, who is more powerful than any king, protected these two midwives and gave them families, even in the midst of all this crap that was going on in Egypt. God always takes care of those who fear him. And that is very clear throughout scriptures that God takes care of his people. So it says here in verse 22 to conclude, it says that Pharaoh commanded all his people at this point, not just the, the midwives. He says, you will throw every single son into the river, but you can keep the baby girls. But the baby boys throw into the Nile River, get rid of them, kill them. And we don't know how many people followed through with this horrific, horrific request. And I'm sure there were people that did follow through with this. And it was probably horrifying. Imagine that decree going out. You know, that, that would just be horrible. And yet God had a plan for his people. And, you know, we wonder about stuff like this, like, how can God allow stuff like this? But God is very patient and very merciful. And in the end, God always wins. God always wins. And he protects the people who don't follow through with these kinds of things. We'll see that. The two stories we hear about with this particular thing, with Pharaoh giving these terrible decrees, the two people that we hear about, I'm sorry, three people that we know of that didn't follow through, God protected those three people. And those three people were these two midwives and then Moses's mother, who we will talk about in the next chapter in Exodus chapter two. So join me then on Wednesday and we will discuss Exodus chapter two and start Moses's story here in scriptures. So join me then at 6 a.m. But friends and faithful listeners, my Bible study is pretty much complete. It is ready to go. The Bible study I wrote on the life of Joseph. We just finished Joseph's story, and uh, I give a lot more details in the book that I wrote about it rather than the podcast. We go into a lot more depth in the Bible study that I wrote. So that will hopefully be 
up and available in the next coming week or so, either at the end of this week or the beginning of next is my goal. I would love to have it done sooner rather than later so you guys can take a look at that and purchase it on Amazon. And also spread the word about the Bible study as well because it is awesome to be done with church groups and stuff like that. If you need a study for the life of Joseph, consider doing Out of the Mire if you're looking for the next Bible study for your church group. But friends and faithful listeners, thank you so much for tuning in this morning. Happy listening and God bless.